Welcome back. Thank you for listening. 1520 WBZW. This is your hometown with Debbie O'Brien. Our number is 407-774-8255 if you have any questions. Because we have Nick and Jerry Royer here. And I love it when you guys are here because talking about money... You know, sometimes it's people feel as though it's taboo, and I don't. I'm, like, in your face with everything. And this is something that you can't kick the can, you know, down the street. This is something that you need to focus on when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s. By the time you're 50, you don't want to look back going, I wish I, I wish I. Mm-hmm. And so you're here. There's no retirement without money, right? You're absolutely right. And really, there's no retirement without planning. Absolutely right. And you don't want to learn that lesson later in life you want to know about it now you know and this is something that we we as for our family you know we we've done a lot of financial planning things we did books and games and every you know the people that are out there like national and all that i'm like we need to learn we need to learn and you know my son the other day nicholas said mom I, I, i we were in we were at Publix, and he said mom why is it that college students just don't have enough money to eat and I looked at him and I said, proper planning. And he's like, yeah, you know, I understand that you have to. And so he starts like saying all this stuff. And here's me. That's like the, <laughs> was it like an epiphany? Like, man, he's smart. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I That's just... like the kid that wrote his dad in, in college and he said, and says, no mun, no fun, your son. And his dad wrote back, it's too bad, so sad, your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Oh exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was him. not the one who wrote that, by the way. I wasn't the one who wrote that. But I mean, you're right. It's just, it's, it's kind of crazy. You go to school, and when I thought, I went to Miami University. Now, mm-hmm. That's in Oxford, Ohio. So for people listening, that's not University of Miami. Fact I, is, when you go into Miami of Ohio, they got to sign up. We were a college before you were a state. <laughs> yeah, I think it was 1812 or something yeah, like that when the school was when. founded. It's pretty crazy. But um, that was the thing is when I went to school there, the very first when I went to the main hall, mm-hmm. there were credit card company after credit card yes. company of their booths. I'll come here. We'll give you a free shirt. I'll come here. We'll give you a football. I'll come here and yep. you know you get a free ticket to XYZ or whatever it is. And that, mm-hmm. that was all over the place. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a booth or anything. And after four years of education, not one class on how to do your own budget, mm-hmm. how to handle yourself financially. It was all about maybe how to handle a company's budget. But there was nothing about how to handle your own stuff. Your own stuff. And I think that this topic today that you had uh, mentioned, you know, how we would go and question our financial planner. It's interesting because sometimes people are intimidated to to go, let alone, okay, have one. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, they don't know what to say. And second of all, they don't think they have enough money, which both mm-hmm. I would assume and say is wrong. And wrong you, thinking. you're absolutely right. And you walk into some of these offices and they it, they make you feel yes to a point that you're intimidated and you're kind of afraid to ask because you don't want to talk feel down like, to gee right? i'm 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 dumb if i ask that no mm. it's your money mm. ask the question yes. for god's sake it's like going to a gym not going mm. to a gym because you're not in shape okay mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense you go to the gym so that you can be in shape right and so that's the same thing with going to you guys and i think there's a big problem because um i think a lot of people who are planning to retire, what ends up happening is they don't plan to retire until they've turned in their pink slip or they've told their boss, I'm done, I'm retiring. And then all of a sudden they retire. I mean, we've had probably five or six times this, this past week 
when people have come in and we've asked them, you know, hey, what's, uh, you know, fill us in on your situation. They're like, well, we just retired in December. Oh. Okay. Have you, what have you done up until this point? Well, we haven't done anything. So, okay. So what brings you here and how can we help you? Mm-hmm. Well, we want you to help us figure out retirement. And, <laughs> and, and internally to me, what I'm thinking is you probably should have done that. That's kind of like buying a car and not having a driver's license, mm-hmm. right? You got to get the license first before you go buy a car. Hmm. And and so I, you, you have to do the planning first before you go ahead and do um, it, to go ahead and retire, in my mind. And that's where you're holding your breath now, mm-hmm. and you're sitting across the table going, "Oh boy." <laughs> yeah, what do I do? I'm hoping that there's something to work with, right? And so, um, but that's the biggest thing is is people will ask, "Well, what questions do I ask? How do I, you know, mm-hmm. how what, what do I, what how do I start this process?" And sometimes it, it's, you know, the. People will think, well, I've worked at the XYZ company, and there's a guy there who helped us out with our 401k, and that's the guy that, that, that I need to go to. But sometimes the person who helped you get to retirement is not the person who's going to help you build a plan to get through retirement. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, I, if you've listened to our show uh, long enough, mm-hmm. you know that me, I, I grew up, uh, I was 18 years old, and my mom, you know, I had something that happened to me. My mom took me back to the um, uh, pediatrician. <laughs> You know, and, and Dr. it's like Buttons. Dr. Buttons, who was my pediatrician <laughs> from birth, right? So here I am, eight, 18 years old, and I'm in a baby doctor mm-hmm. on, on office with a bunch of kids yes. around, and the doctor's walking down the hallway with his buttons clashing on his outfit, you know, and, and that's that's how I started. And it was 18 years old when I did it. I was so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And it's like sometimes I, I had to graduate to a different doctor. <laughs> and sometimes when you build money up, maybe the person who's helping you accumulate the money is not the help is not the person who's going to help you make sure it lasts as long as you do. Well, and a key question would be to ask the individual: Are you beholden to any company? Are you captive? In other words, where you yeah. can only uh, present me with the programs from one company mm-hmm. instead of having basically the whole universe available where mm-hmm. you can. Use the Wall Street market, the life insurance and the banking end, have all those pieces working together rather than just one particular. But you company. were that way. You started out with MetLife. Yeah, 52 years ago. And it didn't take me long, like five years, going to symposiums and seminars and listening to other people speak that you know what, there's more than just one company. And that's a good company. I'm not wait, saying wait. I'm not saying they're not. But again, if all that you have is what they, you know, it's kind of like having a toolbox. Mm-hmm. And all that you've got in that toolbox is a hammer. Well, everything's going to probably look like a nail. Right, you know? right. So you got to have everything available. So when you're talking to someone, Debbie, that you've got, you design the plan. There's no two plans alike because we all have mm. different goals and objectives that we're trying to get achieved. So this is diversifying your diversity because you don't want all your <clears throat> eggs in that one basket or just the hammer in your toolbox. Exactly. Because you never know what's going to happen with your job. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a 403B, there's no more pensions. If you have a yep. pension, you're one of the blessed ones, right? Exactly. So you have a 403B or a 401K or just a savings account because you didn't even check that box in October when everything comes through. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, so, I mean, think about how deep financial planning is. So I'm sure you've kind of looked at this yourself. Mm-hmm. But financial planning is more than just your checking account. Right. You know, you mentioned 401k, your 403b, your IRAs. It's even deeper than that. You've got your social security choices. 
your health care choices. Oh, we have Social that, Security. Yeah, you've got, okay, so you got your, your legacy choices, uh, your tax choices. There's all these things that have a dollar sign in front of it. Mm-hmm. Think about taxes. Mm-hmm. There's a dollar sign in front of it that has to do with finances. You know, if you think about your uh, Social Security, there's a dollar sign in front of it that has to do with finances. So if you're working with somebody who doesn't want to look at those things Mm -hmm. and they're only saying, well, you know, I'm only going to worry about the money you have invested with us and you figure out the rest. To me, that puts people at a really a real big disadvantage. Mm -hmm. You should be looking at the whole picture, not just the piece of, of the pie that makes you money. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they look at part of it, not the whole piece. Mm-hmm. Or they don't realize that there is more to it. Because, again, when you're just being led by the nose by your friend or o- the the only bit of knowledge that you have, then that's all you know, which isn't good. Right. But, I mean, you, yeah. you were talking about how you read books, <clears throat> Oh, right? my goodness. I became a crazy person with it. Only because, you know, we you work so hard. You know, my parents, my dad retired in his in his 50s. My mom retired in her 50s. Like, my family did. And I thought, well, that's, why can't we? Well, there are different um, situations. However, eh, we still have two kids. You still have a house. You still have the car. Like, really? I think we could do that. Now, how? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I read everything I possibly could. Now, my husband, on the other hand, and on the other part of that, is he had to find his niche to kind of believe what I was saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't me reading We all learn Susie. in different ways. Right, right, right. Susie Orman or whoever I was reading at the time, you know, whatever. I, I just kept throwing the books at him. Look, look, what about this? Mm-hmm. What about this? Mm-hmm. You know, there was a compendium out there. I'm like, wow, this makes sense. You know, it shouldn't be scary. Yeah, I mean, my wife learned from uh, learned budgeting from Dave Ramsey. Dave I learned Ramsey. It, I learned it from uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, okay. Because I didn't jive with Dave Ramsey. <laughs> So so I had the purple book because that's what mm-hmm. color it is. And here's my mm-hmm. wife with the white and black book. Mm-hmm. So you'd think I'm, I'm walking around with a purple book. <laughs> it should be right. my wife's book. But that right. was the one I was. Nope. <laughs> Robert <laughs> Kiyosaki, we read every single thing in his. And I have the game. Yeah. And as a matter of oh, fact, cash we, flow. I yeah. do. I have that game. Mm-hmm. And we would play it because I, because that thinking how you think is how Absolutely. you what, what comes in your brain comes out into fruition. So. We did. We used to play. And it would take hours. Oh my gosh, it would take hours. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would lose. <laughs> and it was a heavy box too. I mean, that was an ex- it's expensive game. Oh my god! But I mean, you could it literally was an investment. You, yeah, it's an investment, <laughs> and he made you pay for it. But yes. you, you could box this thing up, and it it literally you could drive over a car. Yes. And that thing's not going to break. No. I mean, it was it's metal reinforced. I think it's in our will. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yes. See, if you put that in yours, I think I should put it in yes. mine because I have 101 and 201. Same here. We, yeah. nev- we never got to 201 because I, I could <laughs> never win. That was the problem. Here, I was the one that read all this stuff and I couldn't win. So we never got to 201. Well, you know, if you want the cheaper, easier, quicker way of doing it, you should yeah. just get the computer-based program. Is that another ka-ching? Oh, I have no idea. Now, I haven't looked in years, but I mean, I know you can do it that way. But I mean, the most important thing is just increasing your financial intelligence. Right. That's why we have courses. We, we teach, uh, we're teaching a course on Wednesday mm-hmm. at, uh, at the uh, Winter Park Public Library on taxes because of the, all the things that have happened with the tax rules recently. Because everything's yeah. changed? Yeah. Oh, can we talk about that when we come back sure. after this break? Because this, this is going to be a whole other thing. Because what you think you used to know, right, what you think you knew, you don't know anymore, right? Keep it changing. Oh, all right, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening. 1520 WBZW, your hometown with Debbie O'Brien.
Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. 1520 WBZW, this is your hometown with Debbie O'Brien, and I have Nick and Jerry Royer here. And here we are again with the commercial, and because there, there's so much information. This is tax season. You know, there's changes in our tax codes and things like that. And then before our break, we were even talking about, you know, the questions that you would ask your financial planner. Like, there's so many issues here on the table and um, a couple more we're just going to throw out there. Insurance, you just said, you know, you have Social Security choices, tax choice. Like, there, it's it's almost overwhelming, but if you break it down piece by piece, it all makes sense. Yeah, there's 2,000 rules, over 2,000 rules within Social Security. And so I think there's 100,000 rules that supersede those rules in the program operating manual. That. Yeah, and over 500 ways to draw it. Most people think I can draw it at 62, 66, or 70. Okay. There's so many other ways to draw Social Security. There's spousal benefits, divorce benefits, widow benefits. There's options for husbands and wives. So, I mean, there's a bunch of different options. And, and you know, in 2015, the government did chop out some of those benefits. Okay. Um, but there's still so many different choices. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had folks come into our office, Group 10 Financial, that have actually ladies that have been, were married maybe 15, 20 years, got divorced. Mm-hmm. Never remarried, you know, but they were married. Now they're 65 years of age and did not realize that they're eligible to go back and draw on their previous husband's benefits. And so did they lose out on all those years? And they think, oh, I don't want him to go backwards. The thing is, he would not know about it. He doesn't have That's not there's not a requirement there, so he doesn't have I to I don't know. want to ask for Social Security because my husband might find out. He's not going to find out. He doesn't, and they it's legal, him. but again, it doesn't take away from his benefits, and if he's remarried, it doesn't take away from his existing it's, wife's. Hmm. And that's something that he put in. You you worked together for all those years. It, it's like an entitlement, but it's not entitlement. You worked for it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. You mm-hmm. worked for that money. So many yeah. times you could draw from that benefit and allow yours to cook and marinate until you're 70 and even draw more dollars. Yeah, so people. there's a bunch of different choices in, in that. I mean, some of them you, you can apply for, some of them you qualify for, some of them you don't. But that's mm-hmm. why when I was saying that really, you know, retirement planning is income planning. Mm-hmm. And income planning not only has to do with making sure that you have enough coming in from your investments and, and, and other things, but it has everything to do with Social Security. It also has a lot to do with your taxes, because if you're paying, if you're paying too much in taxes, then, you know, like I always say, you know, it, it's, it's not what you make, it's what you get to keep. Right. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, this recent tax bill brought about another type of planning that needs to be looked at, tax planning. Hmm. So you got, I mean, really, when if you look at five things, five pieces of a, of, a, of a, I guess you could call it, take a pie and slice it into five pieces, You and you wanted to find out, well, what are the five pieces to a financial plan? Well, it should have a, an investment plan. Mm-hmm. It should have an income plan, a retirement income plan. should have a tax plan. should have a health care plan because, I mean, the, the studies are out. I mean, it, a, a husband and wife mm-hmm. over the age of 65 are going to fork over, uh, I think, t- over $250,000 in health-related expenses in their retirement. From 65 through retirement. And then you got a legacy plan. 
how do you pass your money on as easily as possible to your kids so that they're the beneficiaries and not necessarily Uncle Sam? Mm-hmm. So you got to have all these things. But again, Rome wasn't built in a day, so right. you can't tackle all of them. So really the most important piece to start with is income planning and investment planning and then blend in the others as you as you go. Right. And you know, again, we had a guy on here the other day that was for the health care plan because I said, why is it that we all are kind of stuck? That That's if you have this because you're full time and your and your company offers it, but why is it that we have to stick to what the your company has to offer for healthcare when isn't there other choices out there? Because what you pay out of pocket isn't just that's just the tip of the iceberg. Because the the company also has a payment, right? So you get reduced costs. However, that shouldn't be your only choice. Like maybe there's other ben- better choices out there for you where you can save some money. Yeah, I think that was a that was the thing during the last healthcare situation was how do we get the the word choice came up a lot yes and people want choice yes. but then they were kind of not given the choice it was kind of like well you will give you choice but down the government avenue and mm-hmm. that kind of created its own problem i think that mm-hmm. they're now trying to figure out okay so at least there's a light shine shining on that so that something could be done but we do have choices there are choices it's just a matter of you can't do on the surface you really do have to look more into it and the one thing that again with my husband had brought up is that um, we may be I'm just saying a number we may be paying let's say a thousand dollars but that's just what we are paying not including the company yeah. so if you move out from that you know you have to pay attention to how much out of pocket you're paying that the company would have picked up. And, and I was like, oh, that's a good point. You, you know what I mean? That's looking at the whole thing. And that's when they added that up, and it's 250000 bucks for an, uh, an average couple over the age of 65. And they started adding up all these numbers, and that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. It thinks it, it sounds like a lot. but well, it is a lot. <laughs> it you is. Know? I mean, it's, it's more than crumbs, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But the thing is that... Uh, the Affordable Care Act has been basically repealed. You're no longer forced to have coverage. Right. But again, you have to read through the lines. That doesn't become law until December 31st this year. So this year you're still going to have, have to, do, to it. do it. It'll be next year. Right? Yeah, the Affordable Care Act. So when this when this law passed at the end of December, okay, that's what they came up with. Every, every family, if they didn't have coverage and couldn't prove coverage, uh, the families were going to have, I think it was like 695 bucks a person okay. as an Affordable Care Act penalty, a tax penalty for not having insurance. So you insurance. bought it or you paid. Or you paid the penalty. It was like 695 bucks. Yeah, which is a fine and you still don't have coverage. Right. So <laughs> yeah, you're paying for something you, that, that, you never had. Right. And, and exactly. it's for last year, not coming up. It, right. And that's what people were saying. Well, you know, hey, I, won, I, I, I how can I pay the penalty when the reason I couldn't get insurance to begin with is because I couldn't afford it? So now I can't afford insurance, but then I'm getting penalized. I yeah. can't afford that, too. And that's why they're getting rid of it. So December 31st is when that individual mandate under that Affordable Care Act uh, for people not covered by a qualifying health care plan is going to be eliminated. That penalty is going to get eliminated, that's which good. that's good. That will help good. out a lot of people. Well, and, you know, and I think also people think that they don't ha- they can't afford to have, you know, retirement planning or putting more money into investing because, well, if we're, if we're living paycheck to paycheck now, why? where am I going to get the money to invest? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that after this break? Absolutely. We're okay. here. Perfect. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad. All right. Thank you very much for listening. This is 1520 WBZW, your hometown with Debbie O'Brien, and I have Nick and Jerry Royer here. All about investments. Ah, so exciting. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Debbie. <laughs>
Welcome back. Thank you very much for tuning in. 1520 WBZW. This is your hometown. If you have any questions, please feel free to call 407-774-8255. And I have Nick and Jerry Royer here, and they're from Group 10 Financial. And you can hear them right here on the station to, uh, on Saturday mornings. Yeah, Saturday the, and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. So Saturday's at 8 on uh, 660, mm-hmm. uh, 950 WTLN and uh, 1520 right. WBZW. And then on Sunday at 7 on 660. So, yeah. Your, your announcer guy sounds like he's from a, a game show. And here... Mark? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted. That was when we had the... Uh, what kind of he's guy do you want? Like, no, no, no. We we want the game show host from, a thousand, what was it, a $100,000 pyramid. <laughs> right. Okay? Right. You know, or Jeopardy, that guy mm-hmm. who does Jeopardy. So, yeah. I love your program because it's very easy to listen to and you can understand everything that's going on. And again, you know, if you take... This is such a huge, huge chunk that you need to understand and you break it down into pieces where... We can we can t- follow your plan and follow your path. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wonderful. One of the things that we thank you when we first were talking about um, financial planning. What I what I grew up knowing mm-hmm. was something that you taught me called the rule of, of eleven, which was basically we build financial plans so easy that an eleven year old could understand it. Oh. Okay, so if you can't explain it to an eleven year old, it's you too probably, complicated. You probably don't understand what you have. Right. You know, it shouldn't be difficult. You know, I don't want to know how many pieces are in this watch, Debbie. I just want to know what time it is. Right. You know, and the thing is, that's what we need to do with financial planning is address an individual's goals and objectives. What are they trying to do? What is the purpose of their money? And then design a plan that fits that. Mm-hmm. Rather than going in and saying, you need this, you need this. Right. Everybody walks in, you need this. Now, you need a plan that's going to address what your goals and objectives are. And, you know, this is something said about you is that you sit there and you listen, you know, ask a lot of questions. That's a huge deal because you need to have somebody that you can trust and you can. This is almost like taking bearing your soul on the table. You know, Mm -hmm. this is what you have. Again, like we said, you know, finances is taboo. You don't really talk to your friends about it, but you you listen to what they have to say, which makes no sense. Right. Right. We don't know how much I don't know how much anybody here makes. I don't know what they've done for the investment. But if if Nick would say, oh, Deb, you know, I went ahead and checked this box. You should look into that. Well, then you follow the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of like going <laughs> makes. I always think of it that if a person comes in and they're afraid to talk to their financial mm-hmm. planner, they don't want you to know, well, I don't, I don't want them to know that I've got this or got that or have this or have that. But yet they'll go to a doctor for the very first time. They don't even know him. They mm-hmm. go in and he says, take off your clothes and sit on the bench. And they just take off their clothes and sit on the bench. No. What? Yeah. I, know, I would much rather talk to that financial planner. We'll never ask you to get, you know, derobe yourself. Right. We just want to go in and see what we can do to help <laughs> what you have. But I mean, you do, you do, you do have to look at everything. I mean, yeah. I've, I, uh, gosh, maybe this is going back 10 years. And I remember a guy who came in to visit with us for the very first time and he pulled in, um, over, you know, we had the door jam, right? He couldn't get his, he had pulled in, what, what do you call it? It was like a suitcase. A yeah. Trunk. Okay. He couldn't, it was so full of stuff. He couldn't pull it over the threshold to get into the office because of how weighted down it was and everything. Mm-hmm. And what we kind of fi- come to find out is that he not only had seven different advisors, but he had like 29 different accounts oh. and he had forgotten about some of them. Mm-hmm. His plan was to diversify his, his financial advisors. His plan was to buy an ever 
something else. Yeah, it was to buy yeah. something. But it, he ended up buying so much stuff, he had no cohesive plan for any of it. And then each of these seven or however many advisors that he had, each of these advisors all looked at things differently because they were all, all managing a piece of the pie. Now, you tell me, if you know what, you got the Iron Chef, right? Right. Can you imagine having a restaurant with 10 Iron Chefs all trying to control the kitchen? It's not going to It's work. not going to work, right? That's why you have one. It, it's not a, it, there's almost not a duo. You have G- Guy Fiore as his. Right. You know, you've got all these guys that have their own. Mm-hmm. And in financial planning, you, you need to kind of settle on a plan and then and make sure everything cohesively works into that plan. But having this plan and that plan and this plan and that plan, it's, it, and it's kind of t- like taking a truck tire off of a Ford F-150 and trying to put it on a Maserati. Right. This is not going to work. Mm-mm. Not at all. And, and you know, we're talking about laying everything out on the table. Sometimes even the, the husband and wife or the partners don't talk to one another. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge problem. Mm. It's a very big problem. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. How many times have we sit down with individuals where the husband's running it all? Right. And then when we ask, well, what's Debbie's opinion? Oh, she wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting right there. Yes, mm-hmm. she would. <laughs> she should be part of that conversation right if she's not maybe they're not a fit for group 10 because i gotta tell you sooner or later it's going to probably be just debbie and debbie needs to know what she has if for nothing else just that reason if you think about that there is uh, i've never had it where a husband and wife died on the same day Mm -mm. right okay so somebody's going to be left with the bag Mm -hmm. and that person better know the plan just as well as everybody else one of the things we actually uh, uh, have done is realize that it's not just about the husband and wife it's about the kids too Yes, i agree because what ends up happening if something happens to mom and dad the kids have no idea Mm -hmm. and they're getting a lot of voices they go into the bank and they're like well they work with finances at the bank hey mom and dad just died can you guys help us out and you get somebody who doesn't even know the situation and to think that you're healthy forever, I've got a client that lives in Cincinnati, just turned 70. You look look at the gentleman, you would think, my gosh, he he looks like he's just absolute fit person. Mm. He has really advanced Alzheimer's. Oh. Had he not had a plan set up way before. He'd be incapable now. Right? And yes, and his sister is his power of attorney in doing it. She says, thank God he has a plan because he couldn't write it. He knows absolutely nothing. And then what do you do with that? It's gone. It's just gone. Yeah, so it's, if he was managing everything, think of he, where he would be if he was managing everything. Himself. And himself, he was the plan. A lot of people say that. It's in my brain. Going. Yeah. Yeah. It's in my brain. The plan's in my brain. It, so it's really, really sad. We we just got done with a, a big conference uh, that we were part of at the JW Marriott, just on the other side of the, uh, of the road. And um, we raised, we were part of a group that raised $522,000 for the Alzheimer's Association. And the guy who was the keynote speaker that night 51. was 51 years old. And they said he's got five to six to seven years. Oh. And he's like, I had he no idea. He was there with his wife and to see them walk up looks absolutely wonderful. You'd have no idea. No, you have no idea. And he's sitting there and his wife's reading, and you can just see that just by his mannerisms that he was not there. He and, looked pretty good, though. That was the thing that it floored me it when was. he said it's me. But your bodys it's your mind. It's not your body. And so what they were talking about is how they were lucky and how about six years ago they had gone through financial planning. They thought they were too young, but they went ahead and did it anyway. And he said, now... I can't imagine having to do it now because I'm I'm deteriorating. Yeah. And it's such a shame. 
And that's a shame to be 51 years of age. 51. You know that you've got four to five years, maybe six years at the mm-hmm. most, and you're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you had kids and young mm-hmm. kids and everything else. It is a shame. Mm-hmm. I, we, we've dealt with that in our family and I keep thinking of Ronald Reagan, you know, his mm-hmm. whole entire Good life, example. what a beautiful life that he had and how Absolutely. many people that he touched. And at the end he was, there was nothing there, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Just gone. It's so scary. And you know, friends have parents that with the dementia and the Alzheimer's and when you're in that situation, this is one of those times yet again, where you're trusting a stranger to help you. You know, because if you didn't plan, that's who you're that's who you're relying on is somebody that you don't know mm-hmm. to help you get through this. Yeah, it's a disadvantage when you don't have a team in place. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important that, you know, that you, you, the husband and wife are on a team. Mm-hmm. The kids are on a team. Mm-hmm. And if they if the parents have a financial advisor and a attorney or a lawyer who's helping out with their estate stuff and, and a tax planner, that that team is cohesively working together for the benefit of the family. And that way, if anything happens to mom and dad, you've got not only all your financial team working for you. I mean, if you think about a business, a business doesn't get started, a big business, without a CEO, a chief mm-hmm. operating officer. You have all these positions. You should have those positions in your in your family wealth, too. You should have a chief financial officer who's helping that, that out. You should have a an attorney who's helping that stuff out. You should have an accountant that, that the kids don't just know by name, but actually know. Well, and you, you hit it on the head. You have to have you know, not only your financial planner and your attorney and your accountant all working together, talking to one mm, another. Mm-hmm. But so many times individuals have their 401k at work. They've got an IRA down at the bank. They may have an annuity with some insurance company. Well, the insurance company isn't talking to the bank. The bank isn't talking to your employer, whoever handles the 401K. So you've got these pieces, which is good, but those pieces to work have got to work together. Just like the Super Bowl. I mean, if you didn't have somebody out there working together in that team, the Patriots would probably won again. You know? <laughs> hey, well, you know, I think oh, you're a Patriot no, fan, right? No, no. It, I, no, I wanted the Eagles to win just because I didn't want the Patriots to from, get that. And they're having a party today out there, aren't they? I mean, their whole city is like in, is torn isn't that apart. Horrible. Yeah, and that's something they had to put, ridiculous. They had to put really Crisco is. on on the poles so people wouldn't climb the poles. And then they climbed them anyway. <laughs> and they broke out the windows oh, at Macy's and stole things Makes and burnt no cars. No. No. But my mom was born in Philadelphia yes. in 1906, so I I was thinking of her last oh. night. As they won. <laughs> yeah, was I game. was just like, I don't want anybody to get that additional ring. The Steelers need to prevail on all that. <laughs> so until they get the next ring, then nobody. Uh, well, can get you know, them. hey, I'm a I'm a Bengals fan. I grew up in Cincinnati, <laughs> Ohio, so I'm sure I'll never have my chance ever. Terry ever. Bradshaw they came in years. Hang, they're hanging around. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw came into Cincinnati many many years ago when, uh, and uh, they did a fundraiser for retired NFL players, mm-hmm. and we were part of that. And. He passed around his Super Bowl ring, and I'll mm-hmm. swear to God, you'd almost have to have your hand in a sling. That thing was so big and heavy. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like I said, that's probably something that the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> will never experience. <laughs> I keep my fingers crossed at some point, you know, so I've just kind of given up on that. Mm, maybe one day. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening. 1520 WVZW. We have Nick and Jerry Royer here from Group 10 Financial. Love 
Welcome back. Thank you for listening. 1520 WBZW, your hometown with Debbie O'Brien. And I have Nick and Jerry Royer here. And they're with Group 10 Financial. And, oh, my gosh, we are just opening. <laughs> I learned so much with you guys. I love it. I absolutely love it. See, finances isn't that bad. No. There's so much to it. And, again, because, you know, there's so much to it, maybe you, you, you just bury your head in the sand and kick the can down the, down the road, which is the absolute worst thing you can do. And on this break, we were talking about taxes, and I said, oh, yeah, you know, different stages of your life when you're 20 and you get that nice big huge check that's for partying and having a good time for at least that month (laughs) and then you know you get married and we would get that big check back and it would be for everybody else's vacation we couldn't afford a vacation but we made sure that you had a good time here in florida and then you're thinking well this is just stupid (laughs) that's not what it's for no you know and uh, you know my mouth opening of oh my gosh what you had said before the break was having, you know, this group of people around you that can help you with all things and how they all need to communicate. And, okay, this is something it, I didn't consider, you know, where the attorney, the accountant, the estate planner, and this is even adding more to the the already more. However, these are things that we all need to think about. So maybe you don't take this part of the, you know, this puzzle right mm-hmm. now, but Put it in your planner so that you know that this is something that eventually you're going to have to do. Exactly. Just like you were saying off the air about uh, your uh, fellow you were talking with, the personal injury attorney. And what did he say? You know, if it gets to finances, I'm not your guy. You need to find somebody that specializes in that field. Right. You know, and uh, like I was saying, you could go to your, I could go to your gynecologist and have Mm -hmm. my prostate exam because he's a doctor. But probably I should go to a doctor that does prostates. Right. Yeah. Know who get, you're going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can remember um, when my wife was pregnant with our first son. It, it, so this is actually pretty cool because this is 11 years ago. He turns 11 on mm-hmm. Thursday. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I was just kind of like. The opening of the Olympics oh. and Bradley turns 11. Oh. And, and I was just kind of thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, you are getting big. But I I can remember, you know, being a scared 25-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, or 26-year-old, and, and, and being in the hospital and not knowing anything, and, and she was in labor for 44 hours. Oh, my Okay, goodness. and and his head was too big. It wasn't going to go right. anywhere, but then they had this doctor came in, and they had, the, the nurse had come in and checked her and said, no, you're not dilated at all, and then this doctor comes in maybe a couple hours later, and, and he checks, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're four centimeters dilated. And he leaves the room, he's, and, and that would have changed the whole diagnosis <laughs> of what they were going to do, right? Well, then the, the charge nurse comes back in, and the charge nurse says, I don't buy that for one second. Hmm. And she's like, would you allow me to make sure? Yeah. And my wife's like, whatever, right. I'm an open book at this point, right? <laughs> you know, so go for it. Mm-hmm. Well, then she checks, and she's like, no, you're not dilated at all. Hmm. And she's like, um, he's, he's a general, he's, he's a resident doctor. He doesn't do this. Right. And so we'll get you taken care of. Well, the same thing that we're talking about here. (laughs) Right. Right. You can't just go to anybody to do retirement planning. You can't just go to any attorney to do estate planning. You can't just go to anybody who's going to help you, uh, you know, a tax preparer. Uh, who who just does numbers, they're not going to look at opportunities to get your taxes cut. This is a question to ask. We, we kind of mentioned this on our show earlier today. But this is a question to ask your, your your yourself or your financial advisor. Ask them, what strategy do you have in place to help us pay the least amount possible in taxes? Hmm. What is the strategy? You know, or how about this one? What strategy do you have in place to help us maximize our Social Security? 
And if you ask those questions and they say, well, I don't know, that's not what I worry about. That's not my concern or that's not my focus. Well, then maybe you need to look someplace else because those things are absolutely key. If you can get the maximum out of your Social Security and minimize your taxes, boy, that saves that puts a lot less pressure on your investments. Mm -hmm. More money out of the government's pocket than out of your own. Well, and it seems like not that you can completely 100% put all this in a nice little bundle. However, this is stuff that you really can do your best at now. What you don't know is how long you're going to live. That's the very, you you don't know. So you try everything you can to make sure Mm -hmm. that you have an nth, you know, degree of... You've done everything to make sure that you're going to be taken care of. All right, so we'll be right back after this. My head is spinning. (laughs) I have more questions during the break. All right. (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. 1520 WBZW, your hometown with Debbie O'Brien. Now I'm staring at the door. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. 1520 WBZW, this is your hometown with Debbie O'Brien. And I have Nick and Jerry Royer here, and we're talking finances, and now we're talking kids. And Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just not looking forward to it, what you just said about the middle school years being that bad, because my kid goes to middle school next year. Yeah, I would never go through them again, ever. Really, and and I don't know if it's... it's, for us, I think it was the perfect storm. I had my kids when I was 32, so when they get into middle school, now my body's changing everything about that and how I think and stuff. It was just something if you could just buy them when they were collision. about 20. Mm. Yeah. No, just uh, take them all the way up until they're about 11. <laughs> yeah. Then have them. I, maybe just that's kinda... why they have boarding schools. You think that's why it is? You know, take them up <laughs> yeah. to a certain point, then then get rid of them for a little bit, and then bring them back when they're actually fine. Yeah. Well, the mm. good thing is that middle school is but... only three years. So you really just... That's a long three years. They had a military school, and it's not there anymore. Building's still there. But going towards Daytona Mm. on the old 1792, I guess that was. Okay. Before I-4, you went up through uh, Stetson going up. There was a military school. Okay. And back in the early 60s, you'd see these little lads, 12, 13 years old, out in their cadet uniforms and all, and they were doing their drills. And I always thought, man, that'd be a cool place to send your kids. Mm-hmm. But then my wife said, there's no way you're going to send my kids no. where I can't be there to watch them. So. Right, which is true. I don't think but I could military ever. military schools were good, and they did, like you said, Nick, they uh, they were educators, and they you didn't give them any guff because right. you had to listen oh, yeah, and play by the gonna, rules. Mm-hmm. Well, I think nowadays you have more, and, and this is something I didn't realize that I needed that much help with. You know, um, when you don't know how your kids study or what they're doing in school, because you can't help them. I mean, after third grade, you're like, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how you don't know how they're teaching. What you know is is not what they're learning. And it gets a little crazy and confusing. But, you know, I had a guy on here the other day from Huntington Learning Center, and Mm -hmm. I I teared up the whole entire time because that was the answer I needed. I didn't need, you know, we didn't need counseling and all this. Stuff. I just needed somebody to explain how we can get the, get them to, how, how do they learn? That was, that was the biggest thing. How do, how does my kid learn and what can we do to help them? Because grades are a big thing, you yeah. know, and, and middle school is that time where it lays the foundation for them to go to high school. Well, it's a it's a brick wall you go through from middle school to high school. It's almost like um, 
it doesn't matter what they've learned because it's different. Just like we were talking about with football. College football is completely different than professional football. Mm-hmm. You know, the rules, the regulations are all different. So, the ball's the same. But the ball's the same. No, it exactly. depends on if they inflate it or not. Oh, 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 gosh. Should have <laughs> let that one go Is he going to retire, along. do you think? I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, no. You know, you got re- to be like Michael Phelps. You got to retire when you're on top, you know? Yeah, yeah we just met with him uh, at one of the conferences ago. here a couple weeks ago. And here's a guy that's won all those 23, right. I believe, gold medals, but w- faced depression, almost suicidal. Oh, really? Yeah. And he went through, story. and he really... It's crazy. It's it's just amazing how he turned his life around after know. the Olympics and all that stuff mm-hmm. during. So was... so basically, like I, I think this was right around. I think he had already done the first two Olympics, and it was right in between. Like he had retired. Okay. And then he couldn't find a purpose for himself. Mm-hmm. And then he started doing some weird things, and that's what he said. Is he's like, I just had I had no idea I was going down the wrong road. And I just had no purpose, and then that's that's when he got kind of you know depression. He said, you, he said you'd read about it in the papers. That happened. Yeah, you know, it no. wasn't like he wasn't making any excuses for his behavior. He put on weight, um, you know, a lot of weight and and everything else. And, and he, he wanted to get back in, and his coach told him he said there's only one way. He said I'll help you get back into the Olympics, but you will listen to me, and that's it. Mm. You know, when you're so driven, he was so driven, his focus was so narrow. On one thing. Right. And whenever that one thing was gone, yeah, you're lost. What do you do? One-dimensional. And so um, interesting. you don't don't teach it. Came back. He fought back. He he won all those medals in the last Olympics. And now he's officially retired. But he's actually retired to, um, he has his foundation that's really helping uh, people, you know, youngsters deal with depression and suicide and stuff like that. So he's found a new purpose, good, which is fantastic. But um, you know, it, it was just, I don't even know how we got on that topic. But I mean, we were talking about something that had to do with kids. Well, going yeah. through, yeah, it's kids. You know, yeah. going through the key. I think the key through every single stage of your child's life is just, just keep. Per, what is it? Be persistent in knowing who they are. You got to be like. Remember what Mark Twain said. He said when he was seventeen years old, his dad was the dumbest person yep. you would ever meet. And when he was 21, it was amazing how yes. much the old man learned in those four short years. Yes. You know? yes. My, I just asked my mom, I'm like, how long did it take before you were, this is my mother across the table from me. How long did it take before you were recognized for how great you were? And she said, mm, probably until you were 30. <laughs> you know, because, you were a slow learner. <laughs> yeah, because well, well, I didn't have. I got married at twenty eight and had my kids at thirty two yeah. and thirty three. You know, it takes the kids to yes. wake you up, right? Yes. It's all of a sudden. It's like, wow, well, I was. So, I was that. Yes, I, I did mm-hmm. that. I, I and I keep saying, how did you? How did you do it? How did you and Dad do it? It's all. It, you're almost just in awe of. What they what they went through to get you to where you are now, mm-hmm. right? You don't and, realize what they gave up. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, do you understand what I gave up for you? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just like Brad Bradley. Yes. I mean, Bradley, my, my son. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's 11. Mm-hmm. And, Not yet. Come on. Well, oh, in a few days. And Abby is five. Going to be six in August. Beautiful kids too. But the thing about it is that they are both involved in golf. Nick, they won state in Ohio when he was in. High school, mm-hmm. heck of a golfer. I mean, yes. he you know he was a scratch golfer, played uh, with uh, Jim Herman, who's, who's on the, on tour, who's on the yeah. tour. 
And what did Nick do because of his kids? Nick doesn't play golf. Because he's oh, yeah. taking his kids around and oh, making so sure that they get that there. Was, that was a funny thing because I had a golf outing a couple weeks ago, and I was playing with people that had flown in from all over the country. And they know me because they you know follow us on Facebook or whatever. And they, they said, well, you know, hey, you, you play golf all the time. You know, we're always seeing you on the golf course, but you're really not that good. <laughs> he's I, mean, I, I did okay, right? right? But I wasn't that good. But I said, no, 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 trust me. I mean, all I do is I probably hit maybe 10 putts on the weekend. They're like, but you're always at the golf course. No, I'm the caddy for those two kids. Isn't that something? Right? Yeah. They're out here. They're working. I'm helping them. But I'm hit. I, I, this last weekend, I may have hit six putts and a chip. Mm-hmm. That's it. I love to golf. I love to golf so much that I don't even care how good I am. I just go and just enjoy being out there and being in the card. And then I pick up my club. You're a very special person. I love it. If you can love it and... Oh, my gosh. Because I don't let it bother me. And if we're playing... I'm too competitive for uh, that. Yeah. Then I'd drive you crazy. Because I'll pick up my ball. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to (laughs) get aggravated if I can't get the thing down. I'm a very good driver. I'm a terrible putt. So I could get get my ball on the green, let's say two. Two shots, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I'm up there, it's like eight. Oh. Yeah. So I'll pick up my ball. I don't. Mm-hmm. I have no problems with that. You drive for show and you putt for dough. What's it? Don't you know that one? What's putt for dough? Yeah, you putt. That's what they always said. You know, you drive for show. Okay. Because all these golf pros would hit golf balls on the driving range because oh yeah, look how far I can hit it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The long drive ch- guys. Yeah. They can boom at four hundred right. yards. They can't putt. That's why they're not on tour. So that's what they say is you drive for show. Oh, that's so and you funny. Putt and you for putt dough, for dough. Dough being money. There you go. Yeah. So I could technically, if you just drop me off at the putt, you know, to get that thing in the hole. Yeah. You could start. From the beginning, by the time you get your ball up Watch. there, I'll still so be You could swinging. practice putting at the house. You know, so, I mean, that's what will happen. We'll it just can? come in. Yeah, yeah. Just just get like a little cup and put it over, over there. And while you're watching your TV, just putt and just, it's probably just all about feel. You just got to just set up a get little thing. And you're, but see, that, then, then what will happen is she'll be like, man, I'm really good at yeah. putting now. And we'll be in here for an interview one yeah. day and she won't be here. Right. I'll be out in the golf, be on the golf course. My dad was the most impatient man in the world. Oh, my goodness. Impatient. But, when it came to the golf course, he'd say, you want to go golfing? I'm like, oh, no, no, because I thought he'd yell at me the whole entire time. Oh, no, he was the best teacher ever. And he would be out there, and he would, it was, there was something about being out there. He would be so calm, so relaxed, and with the putting, you know, you had the pendulum swing, and he'd be behind you so that you can feel what that was like, because your arms and shoulders mm-hmm. and your arm, oh, well, he's been gone for so long, you know, mm-hmm. that I, that, okay, I could kind of hone them in but that doesn't help me i just pick up the ball and go yeah well you know who who was the president who did that who was the president that would hit a golf ball and then even before that ball landed he was into his pocket and put another one down bush senior that was bush senior yeah yeah so he was was kind of the same he didn't care if they had cameras on him or not he'd hit the ball and he'd throw down again you only get so many yeah whatever he's the president he got them all as long as the people behind me if they're really pushing forward i'll step aside i have no problems with that none have the little guy in the cart with the what's his name? He's not sec- it's not security. He's uh you have a security guy in your no, the, ranger. the ranger. The ranger. Oh. Yeah. He'll come as long as you're friends with them. He's not going to be mad at you. You have to be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz otherwise then he'll say hurry up. Hurry. No, no, yeah. don't. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, I paid just as much as I was about as to say security guy on the no, golf course. The Man, you're playing at some serious yeah, high end place. The craziest <laughs> time was when I took Mark's <laughs> uncle to uh, Magnolia 
Oh, yeah. Disney? Okay. Yeah. Yes. And that was his dream. Now, I didn't realize it was his dream. I knew that he always wanted to play. So I'm like, hey, let's play. Uh, let's go to the Magnolia. Ah, I don't care. So we get there. And it's super early, you know, oh dark thirty, and um, we we pay our thing, and the guy's like, we're gonna we're gonna have you with two other guys. Oh, okay, all right. So we start, we go out, we meet. Can these we two. interview them first, please? Yeah, it ended up being Mick and Mick from Ireland. Uh oh. Okay, so the mix. my heart is pounding because I'm a cast member. I know I didn't pay very much for this. You know, this was a treat for Dick and. Here we have, it was Mick, Mick, and Uncle Dick, right? So, <laughs> I'm not even lying. And so we're at the Magnolia, and Mick from Ireland, he hits, whoo, oh my gosh. And you know, that first hole is probably mm-hmm. like 400. It's a far, far cry. And that was a perfect shot. So here comes Mick, too. Whoo, okay, I'm shaking, I'm shaking. Dick, whoo, and now here's me. And I'm good at at, at my drive, I'm good. I can't hit the ball. I can't. Hit, I can't see the ball. I can't do it. So I picked it up and I'm shaking. By the third hole, because I'm a mess now. Mick and Mick, I, they pulled me aside and they're like, you know, in their thick, thick accent. They were like, you just need to relax. I'm like, I can't because this is your vacation. This is something that you, you know, probably have waited just as long as you know Dick here to play on this course. I don't want to mess this up for you. And they're like, no. And they ended up taking me under their wing and. It it was the best time we had. And that's when I realized, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Hey, did they wait for the cart girl to come around and get you a couple of Bloody well, Marys? That's what that's that about. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the good old cart was. girl. <laughs> <laughs> She'll get you whatever you want. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> we need to take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. And this will be the last segment. My gosh, time flies with you guys. Good. I know. We'll be right back. 1520 WPZW, your own town. Debbie O'Brien with Nick and Jerry Royer. Thank you for listening. 1520 WBZW. I have, this is Debbie O'Brien and I have Nick and Jerry Royer and I'm, I'm not kidding. I just love it when you guys come here because there's so much information, so many things and topics that we can talk about. And, um, some it's, we just, you know, hit the surface. Some we go right below the surface, but this is for you because you cannot bury your head. This is your money. And this is what makes our life livable. You know, it I mean, is your 30 money. years in retirement. That's what we tell people is basically retirement is 20 to 30 years of unemployment. Yeah. And you need to make it right? work. You've got to f- figure out how to get through that period of time. And it's not just going to be a guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the, you know, and I know you came to our, uh, our Christmas party. Mm-hmm. That was actually the last time we saw you. Mm-hmm. So we were on. Um, that was the last time I think I was well. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. You heard you were sick that uh, it, you didn't get sick from the no, boat. No, 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 no. Okay, Although that but was I a, came back from Texas. Man, that was a rocky day. We loved it. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, clearly it cleared up. We, what we did is we took people on the um, the uh, the cruise. Barber Lee. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Barber Lee, which is a paddle boat that goes on the St. John's River. And we had the entire boat, about 160 of our of our client family joined us. And, and Debbie, you and your family, Mark and, and, and Nicholas were there, too. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things that that. I think is a very valuable thing for our fan, our clients is when they get to see other people who have been down that road mm-hmm. that have, that have retired. And it's not because for a lot of people, this is their very first time retiring. 
Yeah, you only retire once but, usually. But, yeah, oh. but when they can actually meet somebody else who's, hey, I've already done it, and here's some things that I learned, and then they get they get to hobnob with people. I think that's there's a lot of benefit with that when they get to kind of learn mm-hmm. fr- from that, and that, that's it's t- it's tough, you know. Yeah, you know what? I, you don't think about that. You do only retire one time. Mm-hmm. And even though your neighbor may have retired and you're talking to them, it's not you. And it's not being a part of a financial family. Now yeah. you've created with Group 10 a financial family where everybody's interests, you know, are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Right? They become mm-hmm. part of our family. Yes. You know? Yes. And it's just fun to see and work with those people because, you know, you may have many jobs throughout your life. Mm-hmm. But you only have one retirement. And that retirement's going to last you, like Nick says, for 20, 30 years mm-hmm. if you're going to be retired. Mm-hmm. Many people are retired longer than they ever held one job. Oh, yeah. You oh, know? That, that, that's true. Yeah. Um, we just met a gentleman who's 87 seven years old. Guy looked like he was 75. Came to one of our, um, uh, one of our classes, our tax classes at, uh, at um, Winter Park Library. And his son said, well, guess how old my dad is? And I I, I, would I figured have thought, he was probably mid-70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have thought late 60s, early 70s. Guy's 87 years old. And still works every day. Not because he has to, but because he wants to. Well, you know, I had Lee Cockerell in here the other day. And mm-hmm. he is the former vice president of Walt Disney World, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he said that when he, he never wanted to retire because what is there to do? You just sit around. He said, so now, like, he's reinvented himself. Not really, but that's the word I'm going to use. You know, where he can now go out and all that knowledge in his head, he is going out and he's doing seminars and he's writing books and he's he's living a life in his retirement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look at at Buffett. I mean, he's, what, 86? and He he doesn't need to do anything anymore. Is he really? He doesn't need to work, but he enjoys what he does. There's a difference between where you have to work and, you know, where are you going to get employment? It's what we always say is don't retire from something, retire to something. Mm, You have said that several times, haven't you? And the only difference between work and retirement is retirement is just when you get to do something you're passionate about. Right. Work is maybe work. You know, I had to do it. I had to, you know, I had to pit kids through school. I had to do this and I had to do that. Look at retirement as your opportunity to do what you're passionate about. And a lot of people, they get involved with their church. Mm-hmm. You know, they're making difference a, a difference with their church or they're getting involved with things like the, uh, the Susan B. Komen yep. Foundation or, or whatever. You just find different things to do. But that's what I think is, it's a, you know, I'll ask people, what is your purpose? What yeah. is the purpose? You've built up all this money. Let's just imagine for, for an instance that all this money that you've saved is in stacks of cash here on the table. And you get to say, here, this is what I want this to do for me. It's Forget about for a second wherever it's invested. And you get to say, this is what I want it to do. And people come back and say, I just want to travel. Yes. My kids live in New York, and I've never been able to see them. And I just want to be able to go for three weeks and not worry about it. That's what retirement, that, that's their passion. Mm-hmm. And then you just need to build a retirement around that. You know, so everybody's completely different. Isn't that something? Yeah. And it's completely different, but it seems like everybody does want to travel. And here's the thing. You don't want your job to beat you down to the point where you get sick or unhealthy. And, mm. you know, this is another big, huge part of it, too. Make sure that you live a healthy lifestyle so that you can take that cash, all that wads of money on the table that you've planned, prepared for, so that you can, you know, travel, see your family or do whatever it is that you want. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't take the body for granted either. No, you you have... Uh... We call it your financial health. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so your financial health is important, just like your health, mm-hmm. your healthy body. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, you got to look at both because one, how many times have we had people who uh, their finances have caused so much stress? Yes. That it's affected them emotionally, physically, mentally, and and it just it it's controlled their whole life. I'd rather see money serve you than you be a slave to it. Right, right. And you know, I've seen people, <clears throat> but I've worked at the hospital. You know, I've got friends, and mm-hmm. stress absolutely destroys your body. It takes one organ at a time, one organ at a time. Unfortunately, and it's, it does. You know, yeah. and um, you have to take heed to that. Yes, it's just like uh, like a marriage. Yeah. You got to work at it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't happen. With a big smile every single yes. day and say, yes, honey. <laughs> you can, can, people can't. Yes, dear. You know, they, can't, they can't be fortunate to wake up with, with somebody like me that's always happy and jovial. <laughs> oh, wow. I can't wait till mom hears this one. Yeah. <laughs> she is a lovely person, too. It was yes, like, you got to meet the whole so family. It was fantastic. Your whole yeah. family. I kept uh, telling Mark, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at them. Oh. Yeah. It was a yeah. fun night. It, it was really fun, was. Fun. I'm I'm thankful that you invited me to that. Oh, I'm glad you could be there. That was great. All right, so then we're going to do this again? It'll be here. I hope so. I love it. Just let us know. Okay. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for being a part of the show. It's uh, 1520 WBZW, and I had Nick and Jerry Royer here. And you can listen to them on Saturday mornings on 105.6, 9.50, 15.20 on Saturday at 8. I'm getting 105.1. I have no idea. That just came right off.